0: RNZ News at midday. Good afternoon, I'm Nicola Wright. Many West Coast residents are anxiously awaiting the worst of the wild weather forecast to hit this afternoon. The whole of the West Coast, the Buller Grey and Westland districts is in a red alert weather level and under a state of emergency. Westport locals have spent the morning filling and stacking sandbags around their properties, desperate to keep the water out. Neva Chittick is in Westport. Bulla Emergency Management says for now the emphasis is still on mitigating the flood risk and trying to keep people and properties dry. A network of pumps has been set up to help stormwater systems cope and thousands of sandbags have been distributed. Buns and makeshift walls are also being constructed about the Bulla and Orowaiti River riverbanks. Anyone who has been flooded out in the past has been told to prepare to leave again today. High tide is expected at half past two this afternoon, coinciding with the heaviest forecast rainfall. However, some Westport residents say there's a lack of preparation for severe weather events by the Buller authorities and they're fed up. Volunteers sandbagging there say it's a mad rush to prepare every time a severe storm hits the region. Start looking to the future like they know it's going to happen again. So instead of waiting till the last minute, have the things in place and ready. It's going to be an ongoing issue for the well in the long term, isn't it? Further south, a Westland Civil Defence spokesperson says residents should be ready to evacuate if required as weather conditions worsen. A civil defence official says it doesn't take long for severe weather to cut off parts of the coast. West Coast Emergency Management Group controller Te Aroha Cook is expecting high swells and elevated rivers. She says it won't take long for roads to be hit by flooding and slips, potentially cutting the region off, and that's why a state of emergency has been declared. Te Aroha Cook says her team is keeping an eye on areas near glaciers where water can rise quickly and with little warning. A Takaka farmer says widespread damage is expected across low-lying farms as heavy rain batters his area. Orange weather warnings are in place for the Tasman, Nelson and Marlborough regions. Some roads are already flooded, including State Highway 60 from Takaka to Collingwood, which is closed. Wayne Langford says farmers were warned of the incoming weather earlier this week and finished preparations this morning. I'm just in the um, in the tractor myself. I'm waiting for the elephant and the zebra to arrive and then we'll close up the door on the ark and head off, I reckon. Um, it's, it's pretty wet and uh, and and certainly it's still coming down thick uh, and fast, like you say, some pretty significant uh, hourly rainfalls. Wayne Langford says there's a high risk the Takaka River will burst its banks in places. A slip has closed Rocks Road in Nelson City's Britannia Heights. A police spokesperson says drivers need to take an alternative route. The Arawa leader and longtime Māori education advocate Sir Toby Curtis has died. He was 83. The Ngāti Pikiao and Ngāti Rōngomai leader will be returned to Rākeau Marae on the shores of Lake Rotuiti. Here's our Māori news reporter Jamie Tahana. A Fulbright Scholar, Tā Toby started as a primary teacher and then principal, rising to become Deputy Vice-Chancellor at Auckland University of Technology. He was also heavily involved in Māori broadcasting, helping form several iwi radio stations, Māori television and serving as chair of Te Māngai Pāho. Known for his quick wit, straight talk and staggering intellect, Tā Toby only stepped back as chair of Te Arawa Lakes Trust in April, after 16 years. There, he saw the trust's portfolio grow from $33 million to more than $100 million. The health of the Rotorua Lakes, which Te Arawa co-governs, has also improved. Police are investigating the death of a man in Auckland last night. Officers were called to Ocean View Road in Hillcrest just after 10 o'clock, where there'd been reports of a fight. Finn Blackwell reports. One resident on social media says they heard screaming. Police say the circumstances of the man's death are unclear and are treating it as unexplained. One person was arrested at the scene but charged with an unrelated matter. Neighbours around the police cordon told RNZ they hadn't heard anything except for a police helicopter keeping them up overnight. President Joe Biden has signed into US law a bill providing close to $650 billion to fight climate change. It's the largest such investment in American history. The law also extends health insurance subsidies and raises taxes on America's biggest corporations. It took a year and a half to negotiate through Congress and is seen as a big win for Mr Biden, who cut short his holiday to attend the signing ceremony in Washington. Today offers further proof that the soul of America is vibrant, the future of America is bright, and the promise of America is real and just beginning. With this law, the American people won, And the special interests lost. Joe Biden says the bill will improve the lives of millions of Americans. It's five minutes past 12. Russia is describing a series of explosions at a military base in Crimea as an act of sabotage. The Ukrainian authorities say they weren't involved, but there is speculation the country's special forces may have been behind it. Dr Jenny Mathers, an expert on Russian politics and security, says it's very likely. They're dropping very heavy-handed hints through social media and and other statements, which make it pretty clear that that they're responsible for this. I think it's significant. Up until now, nobody's been talking about there being a serious threat to Russia's control to it. The fact that these attacks have happened, they've happened on militarily strategic targets, such as ammunition dump, fuel dumps, railway lines, and so on. A string of blasts last week destroyed Russian warplanes at a Black Sea base on the Crimean coast. The High Court in London has heard how British ministers who supported sending asylum seekers to Rwanda were told that tortures and kills political opponents. An independent adviser made the warning weeks before the UK tried and failed to deport migrants to the African country in June. The British government is facing a legal challenge to its efforts to keep more of the comments secret. The death of a woman hiking to Angelus Hut in the Nelson Lakes has led to the Department of Conservation installing more signs on all routes leading to it. Golden Bay woman Tracy Allison Smith died of hypothermia at the top of the speargrass track while on a camping trip with her teenage son in June 2019. The coroner said small acts combined caused her death. Docks Nelson Lakes Operations Manager John Wotherspoon says the new signs encourage trampers to stop and consider how they're feeling. There's no easy routes to it. It all involves a, a big climb. The Robert Ridge is the most popular route, but it's also the most exposed. You've got six hours or five to six hours above the bush line, high winds, poor visibility any time of year. A search and rescue officer found Tracy Allison smiths clothing was of reasonable quality, but insufficient for the alpine environment. A last-minute rush of nominations has meant that all but one community board in Waikato District has enough candidates for its local body elections. There's a lot of interest for both the Huntley and Raglan community boards, with 11 and 9 people respectively putting their hands up for the six-seat boards. However, only three candidates have put their name forward for six spaces on the Tuakau Community Board. The council's chief executive, Gavin Iron says that will prompt a by-election in early 2023. Tourism New Zealand is hoping to pique the interest of curious travellers in its first global campaign in two years. Called If You Seek, it teases audiences with snippets of destinations and activities from well-known locations like Hooker Valley near Aoraki Mount Cook to those less recognisable. Tourism New Zealand Chief Executive Rene de Manchi, says they've taken a different approach. We're really inviting people that are curious and people want to explore and take the time to seek out more from their visit. And the temptation in destination marketing is to bombard people with all the things that are available. We're taking a bit more of a, yeah, as I say, teasing the audience with some of the things that are on offer here in New Zealand. The campaign includes short films, content to educate staff and travel firms, and domestic marketing. American and Australian scientists have launched a project to bring the Tasmanian tiger back from extinction. The marsupial died out in the 1930s, eradicated by farmers and local government officials. The BBC's Electra Naismith reports. The last Tasmanian tiger died in a zoo in Hobart in 1936. The population was wiped out by farmers after a bounty was put on the animal in an effort to protect sheep. But a team of 50 scientists are now hoping to reverse the process. They'll take stem cells from a species with similar DNA and use gene editing technology to try to resurrect the creature. Each step would represent a major scientific breakthrough, but they're confident they can create live animals within a decade. Other experts are sceptical, however. They describe de-extinction as fairy tale science. That's the news.